Hello, cassettes, and welcome, welcome to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Hey. <laughs> Come on. Adam's getting into the Look, Halloween spirit, I think, just well, a little bit. Well, our topic is very scary. <laughs> just kidding. We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. <laughs> hey. Oh. <laughs> we all know the feeling. You're playing outside on a hot August day, and suddenly a cool breeze hits your face as a yellow bus drives by, running a test route for the coming school year. Oh, God. You go inside and hear a particularly catchy Office Max commercial boasting about their school supplies sale. No. (laughs) Your heart falls as your parent hands you a letter from your school Containing a message from your new teacher. (laughs) You look around wondering where the summer went. We've all been there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, August is over and school is officially back in session. So grab your pencils and your composition notebooks. It's back to school September. In this first episode of the month, We decided to give you a crash course in three of our favorite school-themed films. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've done one like this. Mm -hmm. Damn it. We each had to bring something, so I have to do something. (laughs) (laughs) And you haven't. We're not done with our alliteration grasp. Oh, no. we're, we're, we're getting out of it a little bit. Back to school September. But... I mean, uh, we could have shortened it to sep- school September. But school September. It <laughs> doesn't sound as good. Yeah, yeah. So there are three movies here that we each picked one, and right. we're just going to talk a little bit about each one, and mm-hmm. yeah. we're the cool teachers. That's we're right. We're just going to... Relax. So loosen yeah. up. Yeah, we're just gonna pop in a movie for you. Oh man, every <laughs> whenever the TV was in the classroom, you were just oh, like, oh like, yeah, yes, best yes. day. The TV's made a slight hum, so when you yes. walked in, you could tell it was on, and so you knew, mm-hmm. you knew already that you were gonna get to watch it All, based on hearing yeah. that noise when you walked in. Everyone listening knows about that but none of the teachers ever understood <laughs> we were like we know the tv's on we can hear it yeah and the teachers yeah. Are like, what are you talking about yeah a slight mm-hmm. change it was just yeah. in the air <laughs> yeah. and of course we went to school thousands of years ago when yeah. tvs made noise <laughs> when you <laughs> right. turned them on true <laughs> yes when they were tube tvs yeah <laughs> so i am going to go first Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Mr. Osborne, would you yeah. like to go first? It's worth 10% of your grade. <laughs> yep. Oh, fuck. Don't mess up. Do you I got ha- your note cards? Do I have to do the thing where I can't really look at it and oh I my have to kind God. of walk around and gesture well, to people? Like, good thing oh, yeah. this is a podcast, so no so one no, will know. No one will <laughs> know. Awesome. Only yeah. us. Just picture it. So I'll I'm, just mentally yeah. grade you, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, cool. Can you just write his grade on the board when you're done? Ooh, that's right. We do have a whiteboard behind me. Absolutely not. <laughs> so I chose School of Rock. I wish I had a guitar and knew how to play it. So the reason why I wanted to choose this movie, one, obviously we had to pick a school-themed movie, Mm -hmm. but 
I love this movie because I am a rock and roll fiend. <laughs> That's easily my favorite genre of music. I do listen to a lot of other genres, but rock mm. and roll is top dog. Rock and roll is here to stay. Yeah. That's right. Rock, <laughs> rock got no reason. <laughs> I can basically thank my dad for that. Him being a rock and roll head also, you know, being in the car when he was listening to whatever it happened to be, Rush, Frank Zappa, Led Zeppelin, bands like that, right? And mm -hmm. I've, it's just stuck with me ever since. Yeah. I love new rock. I love classic rock. I love punk, alt -rock? metal, yeah. alt rock. It's uh, all yeah. on the table. So when this movie came out, it was just, it was full of all the stuff I loved. <laughs> yeah. And it had Jack Black in it. Yes. Who, whom I also love. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So of course, of course I love this movie. And I was like, <laughs> school themed movie? School of Rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. Done. <laughs> Done. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie, the film stars Jack Black playing a struggling rock guitarist named Dewey Finn. The story begins with Dewey's band kicking him out for his over-the-top rock and roll shenanigans. Out of a job and in desperate need of money, he disguises himself as his roommate, a substitute teacher, and accepts a job at a prep school. After witnessing the musical talent of the students, Dewey forms a band of fifth graders under the guise of a school project to attempt to win the upcoming battle of the bands. What a wild premise for a movie. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's so fun. Yes. And they, I think this movie was PG-13. Mm. And yeah. I remember watching it. We were too young to, to like mm -hmm. see it. I think it also has to do with like the rock and roll culture. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. lots of partying, lots of, like at least references to drugs. Yeah. There are some characters who smoke, yes. that kind of thing. So it's no surprise <laughs> that it's a PG-13 movie, even though they didn't say, I don't believe there's an F-bomb in this movie. No, I don't think mm -hmm. so. Um, <laughs> when he tells the class he's hungover. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Do you know what that means? It means you're drunk. It yeah. means I was Wrong. drunk yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> 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 I learned about that from yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the yeah. The principal leaves and he goes, all right, who's got food in here? <laughs> You're not going to get in trouble. I'm hungry. <laughs> I, I love it so much because obviously this school, they are expecting, this is a very expensive prep school, mm -hmm. right? They are expecting to be taught a certain way. You know, yeah. they've yeah. got the tight uniforms with the vests and the ties and all, the, all that stuff. And <laughs> then he comes in and completely- Yes. Unexpected. So. <laughs> School of Rock was directed by Richard Linklater, produced by Scott Rudin, and written by Mike White. White called up his friend and once neighbor, Jack Black, to pitch an idea for a film, partly inspired by the Langley School's music project of the 1970s. Recorded in 1976 and 77, it is a collection of children's choruses singing pop hits of the time from the Beach Boys, Paul McCartney, and David Bowie. They were found and re-released 25 years later in 2001. So basically, it was the world's first kids' bop. Oh, cool. Can you believe that? Yeah. And it's also funny because the original kids' bop also came out in 2001. Yeah. So what's going on there? Hmm. Coincidence? Uh, I think not. Some additional inspiration came from Jack Black, he said that he once witnessed a stage dive gone wrong involving a man named Ian Asprey of the rock band The Cult. 
this story was made into the opening of the film. Yeah, ah. the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, he does a stage dive and no one catches him. He just, well, like, oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> and the thing is about that, they're like, even if they wanted to catch him, there mm-hmm. were not enough people to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. No. You know, so even if all of them tried to catch him, it would have still ended up the same way, yeah. which is hilarious. Much of the film was shot on location in New York City. For the interior shots of the school, the film used the main hall at Wagner College in Staten Island, New York. According to some of the children in the movie, the different hallway scenes were all shot in the, in one hallway with slight changes made to the walls. Hmm. So every Tricky. time they saw the hallway, it was the same one. Ah. So the movie is obviously filled to the brim with many well-known rock and roll songs, including top bands and artists such as ACDC, The Doors, Kiss, Black Sabbath, The Who, Metallica, The Black Keys, Stevie Nicks, David Bowie, and much more. Man, Mm. what a soundtrack. Right? Oh my gosh. So if you are looking for a great selection of rock to jam to, look no further than the School of Rock soundtrack. Musician James Jr. of the band The Mooney Suzuki and screenwriter Mike White wrote the title track, School of Rock. The Mooney Suzuki played as backup for the children musicians on the soundtrack recording of this song. Aww. Mm -hmm. Yep. One interesting thing to note is that the soundtrack also includes Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Ah. Yeah. For years, the band had been known to be stingy with the use of their music in media. Director Richard Linklater had firsthand experience with this issue as he wanted to use their song Dazed and Confused in his 1993 film of the same name. That would have been nice, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have been convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so Linklater filmed a video of Jack Black standing on the stage used at the end of the film, begging the band for permission to use the song. And according to Jack Black, about a thousand extras were chanting behind him. So if you if you look up this video, we'll put it on the blog. Yeah. Mm. It is just him staring into the camera with the whole crowd of people. Hey, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, the gods of rock. And the greatest rock band of all time. Please. <laughs> I beg of you. Aww. After receiving the video, the three living members of Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, and John Paul Jones, granted permission for the song. Yay! Yay! Yes. Oh, good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good, and it's such a great spot in the movie, too, so you, mm-hmm. you can't miss it. <laughs> it comes to the point where they had tried to make it to the auditions for Battle of the Bands, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But they were late. And, you know, they... This is all a ruse, right? So they had to get like fake permission to do this. It's like a field mm-hmm. trip kind of thing, right? Because yeah. you couldn't just take kids out of school. But, you know, they did it and they get there, but they're too late. Like it's our auditions are done. Mm-hmm. So then Miranda Cosgrove's character, Summer, comes up with this idea to pretend that they're like terminally ill children. <laughs> like their dreams were to play at Battle of the Bands. This is their last chance. You know, that kind of thing. Just this horrible sop story, right? Yeah. And, you know, they get them in and they are able to audition and they get into the, the Battle of the Bands 
And then they're like celebrating on their way out. And that's when Immigrant Song comes in. It's like this big, awesome moment. It's like, Mm -hmm. you did it, Summer. You get an A plus and 50 gold stars. (laughs) So it's wonderful. Speaking of some of those people in this movie, Mm -hmm. the cast is pretty stellar. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Jack Black is the star as Dewey Finn, a very well-known actor who has been in many things. Films such as Kung Fu Panda, Goosebumps, Natural Libre, and Jumanji, The Next Level. Yes. To name mm-hmm. just a few. And he's in a band. That's right. Uh, yeah. He's in a real band <laughs> called mm-hmm. Tenacious D. Yeah. Yes. Joan Cusack as Principal Rosaline Mullins. Cusack is another very well-known actress who has had a very successful career since the 80s. Some of her top movies include in and out Working Girl, and The Perks of Being a Wallflower. She's great. I love her very much, yeah. especially yeah. in this movie. She's, she does such a great job of being this character who used to be a little bit more yeah. outgoing, but mm-hmm. has realized that she has to mature up because she's the principal of an important prep school. Yeah. You know, and she has to lay yeah. down the law and stuff. But you can see that she's like, I kind of like rock and roll too. Yeah, she's a very relatable character yes. and, and very a very realistic teacher. Yes. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I definitely had teachers like her where, you know, as a kid you see them and you think they're yeah. you think that they just live in the library mm-hmm. and you have no idea what a teacher yeah. is like, you know. You think that they live to teach yeah, and they, they don't they, have a life. They and, shut off at night and just Yeah, they're all robots. They, they live at the school or, you know, they're put in a closet and, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you know they were actually kind of cool. Yeah. Just, you know, mm-hmm. their job was to be a teacher. <laughs> yep. And actually, the writer, Mike White, is in the movie as Ned Schneebly, what? who is uh, ah. Dewey's roommate ah. slash the, the actual teacher. <laughs> teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Primarily known as a writer for shows such as Dawson's Creek, what? Freaks and Geeks, Nacho oh. Libre, and the screenplay for Pitch Perfect 3. All right. Wow. So okay. He's, he's got some good stuff. Dang. And it's all like Pitch Perfect 3. Like he's got that music experience. Mm-hmm. He's worked yeah. with Jack Black. You know, it's, yeah. it's cool stuff. Next, we have Sarah Silverman as Patty DeMarco, Ned's girlfriend. Silverman is a comedian who was on Saturday Night Live, Seinfeld, Robot Chicken, and more recently provided voices on Bob's Burgers. I have just a little note here that I wanted to mention. All of the kid cast members um, had rock and roll names in the movie throughout production. So they had like little rock nicknames, which is, so I have those included here. That's cute. Yes. First, we have Miranda Cosgrove as Summer Tinkerbell Hathaway. (laughs) She's the band manager. Unsurprisingly, she went on to have a hugely successful <laughs> acting career after School of Rock, especially with iCarly being as popular as it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next is Joey Gatos Jr. as Zach, Zach Attack Mooneyham on lead guitar. After School of Rock, Joey actually quit acting and instead decided to focus on his music. Cool. Yeah, good for so him. So I'm sure he's still amazing at guitar. Then we have Kevin Clark as Freddie Spazzy McGee Jones on drums. And sadly, he passed away in May of this year at age 32. Aww. Which is a real bummer. Yeah. Then we have Rivka Reyes as Katie Posh Spice <laughs> <laughs> on bass. Chalo, you've got a bass. <laughs> it's my favorite lines. She still plays bass and is part of the band Sweet Revenge. She has also appeared in several other titles uh, on and off 
since the movie. Then we've got Robert Sy as Lawrence Mr. Cool <laughs> on keyboards. He is also left acting and still plays concert piano. <laughs> so I'm sure he's fantastic. The yeah. piano, I will never not be impressed by people who can play the piano that mm-hmm. well. Then we've got Miriam Hassan as Tamika Turkey Sub. <laughs> <laughs> lead and backing vocals. She is a musician under the name Marinate, and as of this year, she has released a few singles and one album. Cool. Hey. So she's pretty great. I actually went on, found her on Spotify. She sounds fabulous, Ooh. as she did in this movie as well. Yeah. Next is Alicia Allen as Alicia Braceface, lead and backing vocals as well. Her career as an actor started as the voice of Side Table Drawer on Blue's Clues, which is amazing. Next is Caitlin Hale as Marta, or Blondie. She's lead and backing vocals. She took a break from acting to focus on her studies and would later graduate from Arizona State with a degree in journalism. Aw, cool. Which is pretty neat. Yeah. Then we've got Brian Falduto as Billy Fancy Pants. He's <laughs> the band stylist. You're tacky and I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He is no longer an actor, but he does sing and is a successful life coach. Okay, cool. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Heck yeah. Next is Angelo Masagli as Frankie Tough Guy. And he obviously was the band's security. <laughs> He has been in a few movies before and after School of Rock and has had appearances in Law and Order SVU. Hmm. Then we've got Z Infante as Gordon Roadrunner, the kid on the lights. Cool. He's nice. a band guy. And he's like, I love this part. I want to mention because he's up on the stage during the Battle of the Band show, um, up in the, the rafters, I guess, doing the lights for the show. And they show the professional light person. That sitting there at the beginning of the song, they're just kind of sitting like, eh, whatever, whatever. But then as the song goes on, they kind of inch closer to him like, wow, this, this kid's really good. <laughs> I, and I love that kind of stuff in this Aww. movie. They do it all the time. I love how all of the adults in this movie can really appreciate, wow, these kids are freaking good. Yeah. 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 They have continued acting and were in the TV series Gotham and the 2016 film, Carrie Pibley. And lastly, we have James Hosey as Marco Caratop. He has been in a few TV series since School of Rock, such as Boardwalk Empire and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Aw, cute. Some great ones there. Yeah. So, that's all of the main people. That's a lot. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. But there are a lot of kids in this band, and they all deserve to be talked about. A lot of little rock stars. That's right. (laughs) But now we're going to talk about a little how this movie was received. The opening in 2003 was well-received, grossing $131 million worldwide on a $35 million budget. Hell yeah. So, hell yeah, it was well-received. The film received positive reviews from critics with praise for Black's performance and humor. It was the highest grossing music-themed comedy of all time until 2015 when it was surpassed by Pitch Perfect 2. Oh, Mm. really? The second one? Yeah. (laughs) No, not the first one. (laughs) Due to this success, a stage musical adaptation was developed for Broadway in 2015, and a television adaptation made its way to Nickelodeon in 2016. It's an Mm. Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
Yeah. Oh my god. It's a wow. big yes. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. The film also received several awards and nominations, including a Movies for Grownups Award for Best Movie for Grownups Who Refuse to Grow Up. <laughs> that sentence hurt oh my, my brain the first god. time I read through this. I was like, oh, yes. what? <laughs> the award is called a Movie for Grownups Award. And the award was for Best Movie for Grownups Who Refuse to Grow Up. It also won Best Comedy Film at the British Comedy Awards and a Grammy nomination for Best Compilation Soundtrack Album, which is pretty cool. As we mentioned, some great bands in there. Yeah. Yeah. Additionally, Jack Black received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor and won an MTV Movie Award for Best Comedic Performance. Ah. In 2013, a 10th anniversary screening of the film was held in Austin, Texas, at the Paramount Theater. Those in attendance included director Richard Linklater, Jack Black, Mike White, and most of the young cast members. The event had a red carpet, a full cast and crew Q&A after the screening, a VIP after-party performance by the School of Rock band, where they reportedly played School of Rock, or Teacher's Pet, their Mm -hmm. final song of the movie, The Legend of the Rent, (laughs) Step Off, and it's a long way to the top. Nice. Yes. You want to rock and roll. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a fun movie. What a fantastic movie this is. So many great scenes in this movie. I love that part where he you know, he goes to see their music class. And he's like, wow, these kids are really good. And he rushes to his van mm-hmm. where he's got all these instruments, of course. Yeah. And brings them in. And they just come back to class and he's already playing the guitar. It's like, you guys sound pretty great. <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> you know, it's so wonderful. And they're like, what are you talking he's about? He's so welcoming. Like, yeah. Mr. S, what's going on? I heard you in music class. You guys can really play. Why didn't anyone tell me? You. What's your name? Because they all play like classical instruments, you know, cello, mm-hmm. uh, trumpet, piano, things like that. <laughs> He's like, well, let's just change it a little. There, another scene where Dewey takes the principal to a bar because he's trying to get her to let them go to this audition, right? Mm-hmm. This is all him trying to yeah. get them out of class for the day. And that's where you find out that she's like, you know, she loves Stevie Nicks. She starts dancing when it comes yeah. on the jukebox. And like, like she's oh. actually really cool. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, just has happens to be a principal of a prestigious, a, a very prestigious <laughs> she, prep school. Yeah. She's probably like 35. Right. Yeah. You know, right. and the yeah. kids all think she's 60. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> seriously. She, <laughs> you know it's how it is. Typical. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That'll do it for mine. Yay! Woo! Yes, I am done. All right, that's the case one third closed. That's my case closed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's my turn. So the movie that I picked for back to school was Diary of a Wimpy Kid from 2010. Ooh. Yeah, it might seem like a little bit of an odd choice for me because it's a kind of a little recent, but it's I don't know. Yeah. It's not like a it's not a hard and fast classic like the two movies that they picked. <laughs> middle school was not a good time for me i was just as weird and awkward as i am now but in a cesspool of mean and unaccepting preteens you know Mm. how it goes yeah yeah exactly marcy and i had just started going to a new school which is actually how we met adam yep 
But alas, Adam was one of the few bright spots in that otherwise bleak time. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was pretty awful. Uh, am I being dramatic? Probably. But I think anyone who was an awkward middle schooler might relate. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In middle school, we had a computer class elective, and we were allowed to spend free time on approved websites. One such site was called FunBrain. Do you guys remember oh, FunBrain? Yes, <laughs> I do. Holy shit. <laughs> I do. Oh, God. This is where I first discovered an online web series that I really identified with. It followed an awkward middle school kid as he navigated the perils of growing up. It was called Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yes. Yeah. This comic really helped me get through school. I actually remember when Jeff Kinney, the creator, hinted that he may someday make a book. (laughs) And three years later, the first book of the series hit shelves, and the rest is history. Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a huge franchise made of 11 books and four feature films. Greg Heffley, the series' main protagonist, even has a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Wow. Yay. I didn't know there were that many. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the fourth movie is kind of... Like a reboot of the first. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's more on the way. They're making more. But wow. they're going to be animated. Oh. In 2010, when I had grown from an awkward preteen to an awkward teenager, I went to see the first Diary of a Wimpy Kid in theaters. Of course, I was past the age of the target audience. I was in high school. <laughs> but I still went with my younger sister and our mom. To my delight, the movie was entertaining, funny, and downright adorable. I still think it is one of the best back-to-school movies out there. So I chose to talk about it today. All right. Yeah. You know, I totally believe that even if you're not the target audience or you're older than the group of kids in the movie... You can still easily relate to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. And I was the age of the kid who played the older brother, Roderick. Right. He certainly was a draw for sure. Yeah. 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 Greg Heffley is nervous for his first day of middle school. As many of his peers have experienced early growth spurts, Greg is one of the smallest boys in school. Determined to have a great year, he devises a series of schemes with his best friend Rowley in an attempt to achieve popularity. As each plan backfires, Greg and Rowley learn more and more about growing up. Oh, boy. That is a very broad (laughs) explanation of the movie. But yeah, this movie is mostly about Greg and Rowley. They're best friends. They're in very different mind spaces when Mm -hmm. it comes to school. And I remember reading the comic and this happening in the comic before the books you know, it's their first day of school and Rowley comes up to him and says, hey, Greg, after school, do you want to come over and play? Oh. And I remember in the comic, <laughs> play was in all, all caps. caps. Yep. And it was like, question mark, oh, exclamation point. God. Play? You can't ask me to play. We're in middle school now. <laughs> we, don't, we don't play anymore. <laughs> we, we hang out. We don't play. Oh, my God. You know? And uh, I remember that in the comic, and that happens in this movie, but it's a very good representation of their relationship. Rowley is yeah. still very much holding on to being a kid, and Greg is like, we need to leave that behind. We are going into middle school, <laughs> yeah. and we are going to get destroyed. And so all the while, Greg is struggling to, mm-hmm. you know, keep it together. <laughs> So here's how the movie was made, a little bit how the movie was made. Directed by Tor Freudenthal, 
Diary of a Wimpy Kid premiered in March of 2010. The film was a faithful adaptation of Jeff Kinney's best-selling book series of the same name, with some scenes created and staged based solely on the cartoonist illustrations. All right. Yeah. yeah. They came up with ideas for scenes just seeing images in the books. They, oh, they perfect. that's great. You know, yeah. Tori had worked as a special effects artist and animator before becoming a director, which would be great experiences for him to build on for this project. He wanted to use whatever film techniques necessary to create the feel of a comic-turned-film. This meant blending animation and live action in some sequences and finding an animation studio that could bring Jeff Kinney's work to life while maintaining its style and charm. One of his favorite scenes to shoot was the cheese touch sequence, which, has been, which had been planned from the very beginning of the production process. The cheese itself is a character, and its creation was a group effort between the prop designer and the team at Custom Film Effects, who used CGI to update the look of the cheese throughout the film. Nice. <laughs> the cheese Hell touch yeah. is my favorite part of yeah, this movie. That sounds ridiculous, man. <laughs> Apparently, one day, no one knows how, a piece of cheese appeared on the blacktop at school, <laughs> and nobody picked it up. Nobody wanted to do anything, and it just got moldier and moldier. And wow. one day, a boy walked over and just overwhelmed with curiosity, touched the cheese, and he had the cheese touch, which is worse than nuclear cooties, they yeah. said. Oh, my God. And so, you know, one day he finally passed on the cheese touch to a girl, and it became a frenzy. People, they said friends were turning on friends, brother against sister. People were just oh touched. God. Yeah, spreading the cheese touch throughout the school, and then finally, <laughs> an exchange student gets that gets the touch, and then leaves, goes back to Germany, yeah. and so it's gone. Oh, it's gone. Oh. So by the time that Greg and Rowley come to the school, no one has the cheese touch, mm. but the cheese is still there, oh. sitting on wow. the blacktop. That's amazing. I it, the the sequence is hilarious, and, and it's all narrated by this character Shirag Gupta. And he does such a brilliant job narrating this piece. <laughs> and he ends saying, And so the cheese sits, patiently waiting for its next victim. Wow. Wow. This is a terrible place. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, middle school. Sounds yeah. awful. <laughs> It sounds like a Pete and Pete episode. Yes. Ah, yes. The film has a very Pete and Pete feel yeah. to it. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Writers Jackie Filgo, Jeff Filgo, Gabe Sachs, and Jeff Judah all worked in the screenplay. Sachs has said that adapting a book of funny, episodic stories was difficult. The writers had to create a through-line story that connected these silly moments that Greg would write about in his diary. The writers decided to focus the film on the relationship between Greg and his best friend, Rowley, and the challenges young friends face as they grow up together. In a lot of coming-of-age movies, friends kind of fall apart. Mm -hmm. They have different interests, and yeah. I think there's this movie called Good Boys. It touches on this very well because somebody points out at some point in the movie, they say, well, you guys are only friends because you're just... It's convenient for you to be friends. Right. You live near each other. Mm -hmm. You go to the same school. Mm -hmm. When those things are over, will you really have anything in common? And that's something that happens a lot with kids. And so movies yeah. like this kind of touch on that problem 
of kids growing up and, and losing their friends or people just growing apart. Mm-hmm. And so him and Rowley, that relationship is the focus of this movie. Yeah. The screenplay went through 10 different drafts before 20th Century Fox settled on a final version. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 They auditioned 5,000 kids across the U.S. and Canada before filming the movie in Vancouver. Zachary Gordon won the part with an audition using the title sequence monologue of the movie. Freudenthal said that he stood out because he was such a likable kid who really brought a layered performance. Gordon was able to act with a cockiness and snark that clearly masked someone with a lot of insecurities. Mm. He is able to kind of be like, oh, no, this is what we need to do. I know what to do. I'm going to mm-hmm. make this happen. And, and he still has this uncertainty, mm-hmm. this layered underneath. And right. in his voice, you can hear that he's like, I don't really know if this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. So the music of the movie was written by Theodore Shapiro. And he, the main theme that he crafted for the movie is very reminiscent of Vince Guaraldi's Linus and Lucy. It sounds a lot like Charlie Brown. I think that was probably a big inspiration mm-hmm. for, the, for the main theme. Shapiro has scored many film projects like Tropic Thunder and The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Most recently, he scored The Mysterious Benedict Society on Disney+. Plus. Wow. Ooh. So who was in this movie? Here we go. Zachary Gordon played Greg Heffley. Writer Jeff Kinney first created Greg Heffley in 1998, the same year that Zachary Gordon was born. Eleven years later, Gordon would be cast as the character. Before the film was even in production, Gordon had read the book and told his mom that he wanted to play Greg if they ever made the movie. Oh, that's nice. cool. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> Gordon starred in the next two Wimpy Kid films, and he has a recurring role on the TV series Good Trouble. Devin Bostick played Roderick Hefley. Tori Freudenthal said on the DVD commentary that Bostick was one of the biggest surprises that came with making the film. He is a very talented actor, and he really brought Roderick's character alive as a gleefully mean older brother. Mom asked me to give you some advice about middle school. It's real simple. Don't talk to anyone. Don't look at anyone. Don't go anywhere. Don't sit down. Don't raise your hand. Don't. Go to the bathroom. Don't get noticed. Don't choose the wrong locker. Don't. Ah, who am I kidding? You'll be dead or homeschooled by the end of the year anyway. Bostick has a recurring role on the TV series The 100 and has appeared in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Robert Caprin played Rowley Jefferson. Caprin was very popular with the adults on set as he was much like his character Rowley. Very upbeat, friendly, sweet. He's a very sweet kid. In one scene, he famously dances to the Beastie Boys song Intergalactic with his real-life and on-screen mom. Aww. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's super great. That song just brings out so much <laughs> in everything. Yeah. Caprin yeah. has recently done a lot of voice work and will reprise his role as Rowley for an animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie and TV show. Oh, oh nice. Right. Yeah. Rachel Harris played Susan Hefley. She is an experienced comedic and dramatic actor, and she has recurring roles in Suits and Lucifer. She is also known for her role in The Hangover. Steve Zahn played Frank Heffley. Nice. Steve Zahn would bring a lot of ideas to his role as Frank, adding hilarious pieces to his character. 
He perfectly encapsulated the Frank Heffley of the book, a seemingly angry and annoyed man that deep down was offbeat and silly. <laughs> the dad in this in these movies, he's so funny. And yeah. you just you could feel both parents. You can feel their frustration mm-hmm. with these kids, you know, yeah. and it, it is very, very funny. <laughs> Chloe Grace Moritz played Angie Stedman. Moritz's character was not in the book and was added by the writers to help give the story more depth. Director Tor Freudenthal noted that the book does not have any main female characters and that most of the girls are all drawn similarly. He said that each boy in the book mm-hmm. has his own style mm-hmm. and there's something different about each mm-hmm. male character, but all the girls look the same. He read this as an indication that Greg doesn't understand girls and therefore doesn't know how to represent them. The character Angie also serves as, quote, a Jiminy Cricket character to Greg, showing up and questioning his decisions. Ah, perfect. Yeah, so they added her to be like, you know, for the female audience, and also to just, you know, have this extra layer of somebody saying, hey. Give him like a little reality check. Yeah, Yeah. you think maybe what you're doing is wrong? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because Rowley is way too nice and, and... just goes with the flow and goes mm-hmm. with everything that Greg wants to do. Right. And so she is that character that's like, hey, maybe what you're doing is wrong. The voice mm-hmm. of reason. Yeah. Character, yeah. Yeah. Moritz recently starred in the film Tom and Jerry, a cinematic classic oh. for the ages. Oh. <laughs> but is also known for her roles in Hugo and Kick-Ass. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty great. I've liked her in any anything I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Karan Brar played Shirag Gupta. Part of the reason that the film works so well is because it focuses on mundane issues blown out of proportion from a child's perspective. Very Pete and Pete-esque. Classic, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, these are regular, normal, everyday things that happen, but in the mind of a child, they're a big deal. Karan Brar as Shirag Gupta really sold his scenes by delivering his lines in a dramatic way. So he was kind of like that character that was always explaining to them why something was bad, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what, <laughs> what, yeah. what bad thing was going to happen next, you know. And he had a very dramatic delivery that was yeah. perfect. Yeah. Brar had never acted before, but has since been in a lot of projects, including the Disney show Jesse. And Grayson Russell played Fregley. Hmm. Notice there's no last name for Fregley. No. <laughs> Russell was perfect for the role of the offbeat and unusual Fregley. He is also set to reprise his role in the animated film. All right. Yay. I love yes. when they do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, in the book, I don't know if it's in the wait, in the book too, but in the comics, Fregley does not go to their school. He is mm-hmm. a homeschooled kid that his mom is worried that he won't get socialized, so she brings him to school dances and, <laughs> oh, and things like that. Yes. Huh. And he's this very weird, strange kid. And in the movie, he actually goes to school with them. Oh, my God, what a character. <laughs> Nice. So how was the film received? Although the movie wasn't highly promoted, it still made well over its budget with a worldwide gross of over $76 million. Okay. Hey, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was pretty good. I think it was a budget of $15 million, So okay. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. It also gained respectable critical reviews. Roger Ebert gave the movie 3.5 out of 4 stars and called it a bright little charmer. He said in his review... It is so hard to do a movie like this well. Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a PG-rated comedy about the hero's first year of middle school, and it's nimble, bright, and funny. It doesn't dumb down. It doesn't patronize. It knows something about human nature. 
It isn't as good as a Christmas story, as few movies are, but it deserves a place in the same sentence. Here is a family movie you don't need a family to enjoy. You must, however, have been a wimpy kid. Most kids are wimpy in their secret hearts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I love it. It's a sweet little movie, and I think everybody should give it a try. Yeah. Especially if you had a rough middle school experience. It's it's very yeah. funny. Yeah. You will relate I so feel, hard. I really feel like I should see it now. I'll, we know what next movie night is. I was going to say, very, I'm ready to watch it. We should watch it, yes, because yes. it's very funny. It's yeah. a very good movie. And honestly, the second one's just as good nice. as the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's my case closed, I guess. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, one left, you guys. Can we All make right. it? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for my pick, I actually picked like something right on the money called <laughs> Back to School. <laughs> I was going to say, when I saw this, it's like, well, Marcy took the assignment and went like... <laughs> Literal. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right, See, I wanted, I wanted an A on this project. Yeah, so. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I just went back to ah. school. <laughs> so for my pick, we head back to college. Woo. We're past middle school, ma- past high school Much now. more fun than middle school. Yeah, yeah. It portrays a wilder college experience, especially because it was, an, it's an <laughs> 80s movie. I, I literally think it is unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, although some of the humor may be a little dated, it still brings all the embarrassment, pressure, and fun that school has to offer. Nice. Oh, boy. Yeah. So if you haven't seen this movie, here's a little synopsis for you. Thornton Mellon is a self-made millionaire that got his riches without attending college. He becomes worried that his son Jason is unsure about finishing college. And Thornton, therefore, makes a deal with him that he will attend college as well. Hilarity ensues as Thornton falls in love with Professor Diane Turner and uses his riches to get through his courses, while his son Jason falls for another student and tries to make the cut for the diving team. So the production, we'll talk a little bit about the making of the movie, Grand Lakes University, which is what they portray this college to be this mm. great. They wanted it to be like a Big Ten kind of university. Ah. Nice. It was actually portrayed by three different colleges. University of Wisconsin-Madison, University of Southern California, and California State University. And the divers within this movie were actually expert college divers. They were told <laughs> to perform their worst as the Grand Lakes University team. Oh, Wow. <laughs> How do you like you train so hard and you practice every day to be the best? And they're like, Uh, how about you suck a little right now? Yeah. Yeah. They they say that if you're a really good singer, it's really hard to sing badly. Yeah. You know, I imagine Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that too. Yeah. It's like, especially because in diving, at least the way I yeah. imagine it, a bad dive mm-hmm. ends with you like belly flopping, yeah, right? Yeah. You could actually you hurt yourself that. if yeah. you do a bad job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of the coolest scenes in this movie is when, because he's going to college with his son, they obviously need a dorm room. Well, they all walk by in the dorms and they get there and they all go to their separate doors and they all walk in. And it's this big reveal that it's all 
construction has been done. It's been all these three rooms have been made into one gigantic oh, room no. because Thornton paid for it. It was like <laughs> set us up, you know. So yeah. it's got like a hot tub in there. It's got like oh. huge couches. Well, boys, what do you think? Oh, got a hot tub in there. Well, how can you study if you're not relaxed? When's our first class? Okay. It's, Every That's college awesome. person's dream. I'm back on board. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, having to, you go in expecting to live by yourself in this dorm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, shit, now I've got two roommates to deal with, right? <laughs> but if that's the case. No, mm, yeah, they walk in and it's like, oh my God. Nice. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so originally the idea was that the character of Thornton would be a struggling father that would need to work and do dishes in order just to even be there. Sounds like a much sadder movie. Yeah, a little bit. The team was having trouble getting the script right, and so one night, director Alan Metter was talking with Harold Ramis. Ramis said he would rather go back to college after he had all the money and resources so he could just have fun and get laid. Fun. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. Direct. <laughs> yeah, you know... So this led to the script being changed to what it became. When casting Thornton's love interest, this was a difficult job because you have Rodney Dangerfield playing Thornton. Right. <laughs> so you think about Rodney Dangerfield and he's kind of a wacky, crazy, you know, who like who do you pair with this guy? Yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> and he's like simultaneously 70 and 45. Yeah, all at the <laughs> yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah. They, so they needed someone kind and warm, but also that set his sights higher than what you might expect from a comedy such as this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they talked to so many women, but Sally Kellerman really stood out when she came in. So she plays this professor that's very smart. She is teaching him about poetry and mm. reading and, yeah, and really yeah. like expects more from him. And it it just ends up being this amazing little dynamic and you end up believing it. And that's really what they wanted. They were like, how can we make this relationship believable? How mm -hmm. can we give this heart? Especially when they packed this entire movie with jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke a minute for sure. Joke, oh, joke after joke after joke. That it's sounds great. The first scene that they shot was Rodney walking across the campus in his bathrobe. The director, Alan Metter, Felt that it would break the ice since everyone was so nervous for shooting. Mm. So you just have Rodney Dangerfield just, yeah, just walking across campus in this bathrobe. Be like, hey, what's up? What's up? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> he gets to his son and his son's friend. And they're like, why, why didn't you just change inside? And he's like, oh, I'm not going to dress in front of guys. Like, this, what? what is this? <laughs> yeah. One of the funniest and most impressive things in this movie is when Thornton does the triple Lindy dive into the pool. That sounds difficult. Yeah. yeah. Which they said the Lindy was actually a dance from the like 40s or something. Oh. And so they just thought it had a nice ring to the name. So that's why they chose that. This dive ended up being about six different dives put together. And Rodney, of course, had a stunt double, Michael Ostovich. You mean he didn't do this? Yeah, I know. Amazing, right? <sighs> he didn't actually have to land on the other boards because in this dive, he like 
jumps from the highest one oh and jumps down gosh. onto the next one and then onto the next. Yeah, it's like oh. yeah, it's insane. No way. <laughs> yes. So in order to make it look like it was actually Rodney, they did a cast of his face to create a mask. Oh man. And they also used foam rubber to make the stomach. Michael Ostevich wore all of this, and they put an old diving suit on to cover this fake belly. The first time getting it on apparently took about six hours. Great, man. <laughs> With the wig as well, which oh. apparently when it got wet, it just was sopping wet. Like sounds a, oh, awful. awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is why movies use CG now. <laughs> and Rodney apparently avoided him because it just freaked him out. Yeah, someone's walking around with your face. Yeah. 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 Especially when it, it looked like a sick version of you. He's like, I, William Zabka even said that he was like, I know I'm ugly, but I'm not that ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney was the glue during this entire movie. The talent was all amazing, and that helped this movie be great. It's really fun. It's definitely a really fun, upbeat, interesting movie. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in my quest to see every movie that Robert Downey Jr. is in. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the music. The music was composed by Danny Elfman hey. for the movie. Hey. Nice. The elf man himself. The, exactly. The director made the condition that Elfman and his band Oingo Boingo must be in the movie. Of course. So much to our delight, they are in the party scene playing Dead Man's Party. I love Oingo Boingo. <laughs> and I love how they just, in the party scene, they just have this huge light up sign above them that says Oingo Boingo. Mm-hmm. So you cannot Can't mistake that this is Oingo Boingo. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the cast. Here we go. Rodney Dangerfield, of course, as Thornton Mellon. Rodney took a while to find his footing as an actor, but once he did, it was gold. And you may know him from other things, such as Caddyshack. Yeah. I love Caddyshack. (laughs) (laughs) Sally Kellerman as Dr. Diane Turner. She also appeared in MASH and several other little things. Keith Gordon as his son, Jason Mellon. He's an actor and now actually a director as well, directing things such as the FX show Fargo. Yeah. Wow, that's a popular yeah. one. Yeah, yeah cool. Good thing. Terry Farrell played Valerie Desmond. She plays the love interest for Jason and was one of the last people cast. She was so charming that she got the part. They were only a smidge reluctant because she actually is taller than Keith Gordon. Oh, no. Can't have a woman taller than a man. It's just (gasps) frowned upon. (laughs) It ended up being no problem, however, and the two seemed to enjoy kissing. Oh. Okay. You know? (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) She's also known for being in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. All right. I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah. And there's plenty of others in there, such as Robert Downey Jr. as his friend Derek Lutz. Yes, there's a classic scene where he's heckling the divers at the diving. diving. Oh, my yes. Gosh. Yeah. It's beautiful. Keith Gordon actually said that Robert Downey Jr. was so such a just like 
force where he would just, you know, roll with things mm-hmm. and, and he was very impromptu. Nice. And Rodney J- Dangerfield is also kind of that way. And he was like, I, you know, you would think that they would just clash. They, they wouldn't <laughs> like each other. But they just seem to really respect each other and just oh, get each other. Oh, he finally got respected? I guess so. <laughs> he wow. finally got respect. Finally got it. Robert Downey Jr. Gave him respect. I always think that Robert Downey Jr. is younger than he really is. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, because I keep hearing about older He's in his movies. 50s that is, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just I keep hearing about movies that are much older than I expect. Yeah. Anyways, at this time he was actually shooting in SNL as well. So. Yeah, oh, he was nice. on SNL yeah. this time. There was also William Zabka as Chaz who is also known for playing bad guys, but he didn't actually want to make this character evil. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So I, I believe he's kind of the villain in Karate Kid. Oh, Billy Zabka. Yeah, yeah. Billy. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the reception of this movie. I was, I was a little surprised in the reception on this one. So the Chicago Tribune called it the surprise hit of the summer. With a budget of a mere $11 million, it grossed an impressive $91 million in the U.S., making it the second highest grossing comedy of 86. Cool. That's right. pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. That is pretty nice. That's a lot of money for ni- the mid-1980s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Roger Ebert even said that the most interesting thing about Back to School, which is otherwise a pleasant but routine comedy, is the puzzle of Rodney Dangerfield. Here is a man who reminds us of some of the great comedians of the early days of the talkies of Groucho Marx and W.C. Fields, because like them, he projects a certain mystery. Marx and Fields were never just being funny. There was the sense that they were getting even for hurt so deep that all they could do was laugh about them. It's the same with Dangerfield. Oh, what an interesting critique of... Of Groucho Marx and W.C. Fields. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, that's just going to sit with me forever. For a little while, yeah. That. You're going to ruminate about wow. that one. It, it makes me feel a little bad about not giving him any respect. Because <laughs> he's got well, deep... Yeah, look at this. Yeah, deep hurts, man. Deep yeah. hurts. I mean, in this movie, he gets cheated on, you know? He, um, he, he dumps his wife that he had married that's not his yeah. son's mom and... You know, just all kinds of Bunch things. Of yeah. All right. So some little fun facts that I couldn't really fit in too much. <laughs> but Jim Carrey almost got the part of the screaming Professor Turgeson in this movie. But it was decided that he was too young to be the professor. And so it went to Sam Kinison instead. Sam improvised to shock the students and it worked. So there's real reactions when wow. he's screaming at the nice. students. <laughs> I feel like Jim Carrey would have been perfect for this role. I think so, too. Even though, yeah, he would have been way Yeah, because he's supposed to be like a Vietnam vet or something. Yeah, he would have been too young for that. Yeah. Good teacher. He really seems to care about what I have no idea. Dangerfield's final exam room may look familiar as it is also where the dance scene from Flashdance happened. Oh, cool. Yeah. Finally, Kurt Vonnegut loved the lines about him and thought they were hilarious. <laughs> nice. All right. So, yeah, Kurt Vonnegut, he, he appears in this movie because Thornton has a, an exam or a paper to do about Kurt Vonnegut. And he's like, what better way to get into Kurt Vonnegut's mind for, from this book than to actually get 
Kurt Vonnegut's tell me what what he meant in yeah. it. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's classic. It is. It's a it's, classic. It's thing. perfect. And yeah. I believe he does not get that great of a No. Uh, <laughs> he gets a like a bad grade. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a what? Like Kurt Vonnegut told me. <laughs> Perfect. All right. And so with that, I think that's my case closed. Yay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids of all ages, we know that the end of summer can be sad, but at least you have these movies to get you through it. Yeah. So, so that's nice. <laughs> Summer will always live on in our hearts and help us find something good about every season, even the season that makes you go back to school. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. It was ultimately, it was always like weird and strange and kind of yeah. sad in the beginning, first few days of school. Yeah. But yeah. once you were there, it was mm-hmm. like. It's just, you know, been yeah. there. Yeah. It's that. like, you know what? My friends are here. And yeah. I don't know. I always liked getting new school supplies, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That yeah. was kind of neat. You know, yeah, getting to pick out new pencil pouch or whatever. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit of control. You know, <laughs> yeah, as a kid, you yeah, got to pick yeah. stuff. So felt felt fun. Kind of nice. Kind of nice. Yeah, got, got the new shoes sometimes. Yeah. you know, walking in representing Payless. And yeah, like ooh, yeah, Payless. check this out. Yeah, woo. <laughs> it's a shoe brand I've look never at, heard. Yeah, of. Yeah, look at my one color shoe that we're supposed to have for this <laughs> yeah. school year. Yep. Yep, looking good. Want to see how fast I can run in these babies? <laughs> you want to see me run to that mountain and back? Want to see me do it again? <laughs> well, yeah, oh we hope boy. you guys enjoyed listening yeah. to us talk about back to school movies. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is going to do it, and that's going to be all of our cases closed. Yay! We did it. Thank yeah. you, everyone. But before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, of course, mm. Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, and Carlos. Yay! Ooh, thank you. Thank you guys so much. You mean everything to us. You can also buy us a popcorn if you feel like it. If you want. At yeah. buymeacoffee.com slash blackcasediary. And thank you to all that support us, whether it's through listening, telling a friend, or donating. Yeah. Yeah. You could also leave a review for us if you feel like yeah. it. If that you would want. be nice. Yeah. But if you want to go check out our blog or any of the zillion other episodes we've got for you, blackcasediaries.com is the way to go. Easy as that. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.